Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Unconventional Geek. Today I have Makoni. Do you want to be called anything else? No. Makoni's fine. I have Makoni here because I screwed up on the Raft 3 interview <laughs> that was live streamed. I'm still editing it and it's going to take me a lot longer. Uh, Makoni and I are going to talk about um, just kind of like, you know, her history and how she got into streaming and what she's doing now as a full-time job, which is audio engineering, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, plus teaching. So she's going to, she's also, we're probably going to touch on topics where I screwed up and how I would possibly fix them. Those might come up. But yeah, let's just, uh, let's jump into it after a brief word from our sponsor. So McConey, what is it that brought you into streaming? Because I know that you stream on Twitch. I do stream on Twitch, and actually, I started streaming on Twitch <laughs> January 1st of 2018, and it was shortly after I started attending Prestige streams, and he was like, Moko, you play a lot of video games, why don't you stream? And it was shortly after we started doing voice calls, it was right after he I became a mod, he's like, you should stream, you should stream, nah, you should stream, nah. I got bored on New Year's Day, and so I decided to stream, and I didn't have a lot of views, and it was kind of like, fine, whatever, it's just like I'm playing a video game anyway, and people started coming in, and I was like, oh, well, this is cool, and a lot of my friends realized I was streaming, and they were like, well, let's try to get her to affiliate status, so then it became <laughs> a side goal to essentially make me an affiliate before grad school started for that semester. And it did. Right before the month ended, I became an affiliate. So I've been affiliate for over a year now on Twitch. And I normally stream on my PS4 or on my computer. What uh what games do you generally play? Like what are some of your favorite games right now? When I started, I was putzing around with Horizon Zero Dawn and Nier Automata. I still need to finish those. Um, I did play all of Lost Sphere in a week. I got it a day early, and I played all of it in a week. I was trying to do the same thing with Kingdom Hearts this year, but a lot of stuff outside of my control happened at work, and I and Kingdom Hearts had to take a back burner while I focused on my students who are focusing on a major exam. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. And that's, I think a lot of people here realize that, you know, streamers have a lives of their own if they're not doing streaming full time. And when a streamer, they're generally understanding, I guess, is what I'm trying to say here. Um, so that that's pretty cool, though. You, uh, what Lost Sphere? I actually don't think I've ever heard of this game. Um, Lost Sphere is essentially a small Square Enix side game, and it's actually very pretty because it's based more like an old-fashioned style Final Fantasy game, and it's much smaller. But the artwork really reminds you of like Final Fantasy seven, eight, nine. The music also reminds you of that. The entire gameplay reminds you of that, and it's really about how, like, part of the world disappears, and you have to figure out what happened to it. I really don't want to go into it much more than that, because then it'll be very spoilery. <laughs> so, the game was a week-long's worth of just gaming casually? Oh, no. I did that, that was intense. On that one. 
Yeah, I did some 12 hours on that one. It would probably take a normal person about a week and a half to two weeks. I had a goal to get it done before graduate school started, and that led to 12-hour streams. It also helped that on a couple of those streams, it snowed, and I got snowed in from work. Oh, those days are the best where you just snowed in and you just sit in front. For those of you who live in the South, snow is like one of the best things, I think, when it delays things. Most people hate it because they have to drive in it and whatnot. But I think it's probably one of the best things when you get snowed in and you can just sit there and like, first of all, it gives you a reason to make hot cocoa or just like, you know, some type of like hot beverage and just sit down and like play games or do something that you normally don't have time to do, especially as you get older. Like as a kid, I would just be like, me and my friends would like plan snow days. We'd be like, all right, it's supposed to snow heavily. So we'd all like stay at one person's house and get like multiplayer games. That that was my experience growing up. I don't know if everyone has that experience. <laughs> oh, oh, I have a good one for that. So one time when I was a kid and there was a blizzard, I was staying at my friend's house. And the blizzard wasn't expected to happen when it did. It was expected to happen like two days later. And it was a family friend. And I woke up and I was completely snowed in at the family friend's house. The elder son was away, so it was the younger son and myself. And the mom was so happy because I was stuck at that house for days. I spoke to my parents on the phone every day, but I she was so happy because she's like, I have a daughter for a week because I can't bring you home. <laughs> your parents can't come pick you up. That sounds kind of creepy at the same time. Like you're like kind of okay with it, but at the same time you're like, this this is weird. This is weird. Yeah, because it wasn't my mom. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, but I'm she not was sure. like a mom to me when yeah. I was a kid, so. No, I had a few friends that their parents were basically um basically secondary a, uh, parents yeah thank you um so besides playing games um and completing them really quickly what, what first of all what did you think about horizon zero dawn's uh graphics because to me <sighs> they were amazing Horizon Zero Dawn's graphics are breathtaking, and that's partially why I haven't finished the game, because I want to go back and be able to enjoy the graphics wholeheartedly, and I can't do that while worrying about finishing up grad school, which is literally this May. I have a month and a half left, and I'm done. And so that's a game I need to go back and finish, and partially because I enjoy the artwork, I enjoy the artistry. Horizon Zero Dawn is such a well-made game, that I ended up buying a digital art book for it that I have on my PS4. Did Do you have a PlayStation 4 Pro or just the regular one? The regular one. Oh, I, I, the reason why I ask is because from what I understand, um, I, I never play. I have never played it on like a regular PlayStation 4 because I have the Pro and I, I went to like play it and then my stepbrother who had already started playing it, he was like, you can see the difference. And I go, I don't know, but this game's gorgeous already. So I I feel like I, I, I want to share like all the goodness with people, but it's like, it sucks, you know? Oh, you can totally see the difference, but there's no point in having a pro unless you have a 4K TV. And I can't afford that. Well, nowadays, 
hopefully soon you will be able to because TVs are coming down in price, especially 4Ks. I I noticed that like you could while they're not probably the best for gaming, they've been coming down in price down to like you know 200 to 100. So hopefully eventually you'll be able to get one at a decent size and it'll be 4K. So yeah. That's- I have That's a, a benefit really of nice TV that isn't 4K right now, so I'm sticking with that because it's pretty much essentially the best that you can get without having 4K for its price value. Sorry, I'm getting interrupted by my cat. She's like, pet me! And I'm like, no. No. Pet I'm, your cat! I'm trying to talk here. Uh, no, no, trust me. I pet her and she just doesn't She's like, that's not enough. And then she just stays here. And so? then she meows at me. And meows and meows and meows. No matter how much oh, I Oh, that's what you haven't heard on my streams then. <laughs> so yeah. I also have a cat. And there is a tendency when I stream, especially when I'm streaming my Dungeons and Dragons sessions, where my cat will come up and my cat's meows are not very quiet meows. She will howl at me. So word of advice to those of you who stream and have pets, try to take care of them to the best of your ability before you stream. But if your animal wants your attention during your stream, Give them the attention. If it's in a game and you can't give them the attention right away, like you can't pause it right away because you're doing a multiplayer thing and everything's time sensitive, finish that first and then be like, hey, guys, before we go to the next round, my animal's really needing my attention, so please give me a second. But don't be like, eh, my animal needs my attention. What the fuck? Make it very clear that you love your animal and that you still want to take care of them. Like, my cat has been through a lot with me and I make it very clear sorry, my cat's purring, and I'll pick her up, and I will hold her against my mic, and some you'll hear in some of my Dungeons and Dragons recordings, my cat just purring into my microphone. You know, that's a great point. A lot of people incorporate their animals in part of the streams. Actually, I think uh, during a couple Janelle. of streams, you uh, not streams, but podcasts, you can hear my cat, like, meow. Um, and like I try, I try to give her attention beforehand, and so therefore I do. But she'll she'll jump in the, into my lap anyways. I just there's certain times where I try to like keep it quiet, but sometimes it doesn't work, and sometimes it does. I demand a picture of said cat now, please, and thank you. <laughs> oh, that that can actually happen. I was taking pictures of her earlier today, so that way I could try to study um, drawing animals. Because I am horrible at drawing animals. Oh, she's a cute tuxedo. Look at the little paws. Medium hair. Look at the little paws. I would hate to see a long haired because I couldn't like imagine maintaining that fur. Um, brushing and brushing. Yeah, no, I, that's what I'm saying. Like I brush her, and it's like having a whole nother cat that comes out. Yeah. And, it's just insane. Like, I try to brush her as much as possible. But she also then attacks me every time I try to brush her. So, you know, oh, joys of owning cat a cat. Loves it. It turns her into purring constant. <laughs> you know, she recently my cat's been attacking me for no reason. Like, I'll walk into the apartment and then 
first of all, I don't know why, but she has definitely gotten on a schedule where she knows I'm coming home around a certain time. So she's just sitting next to, not next to the door, behind the door. So when I open the door, I basically hit her, but not on purpose. Like I try to like not really open it. I just try to like push it open a little bit to make her move. And then she starts meowing and I give her attention. But then I have to like, you know, I get home. I have to take things off, set, get things done before I like settle in. And then she starts attacking my feet. I'm like, when did this become a thing? I don't want my feet attacked. And uh, so mine yeah. will literally hear my keys jingle, run up to the door and then slowly back away as I come in and I put my stuff down and she'll jump onto the couch and howl at me until I pick her up or start petting her or both. Yeah. Cats can be very demanding. Of course, dogs are oh, too. Yeah. So almost any animal is. Don't let people fool you. They're demanding. Um, but they going... also know that they're loved. Yes, for sure. Going back on topic here. Um, so after you know school completes and you're 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 done for I guess the time being. Or how how does school work for you? Is it hopefully no more school? This will be my second master's. Good question. Oh gosh. Good yeah. gosh, you have two masters, two masters. Mash, masher, <laughs> two mashers. <laughs> you have two potatoes. <laughs> you have two masters. What uh, what are they in, or what's if you don't mind me asking? So the first one is in music technology, and the one that I'm finishing up now is in business leadership and management. And do you have a particular thing that you're going for that you're applying both of those two or I, I always am curious to know if people are applying like their degree to what they're doing like I know college preps you for a lot of things and I know that degrees don't mean you're like you can only do one thing I'm just saying like I, I try to see how many people actually use their degree for what they're for so that's why I asked <laughs> I mean I kind of use my degree now because I teach a bunch of different musical instruments and sometimes I am teaching technology students um, but ideally I want to be an audio director for a video game company um, if that doesn't work out I'm probably going to try to go into human resources again preferably for an audio or a multimedia company so that way you can apply maybe both of those skill sets correct which is I mean actually a really good idea and hopefully the best of luck to you for finding a game studio um i know that they have a very close-knit community at times when it comes to hiring but i don't think i've ever actually tried to get into it so <laughs> i don't know how hard it is i got really close many years ago and i was told i don't have enough business experience for what they wanted it's like, how am I supposed to get business experience if you won't give me any? Right. That's so. exactly what happened. And that's how I ended up going for a second master's. So what, uh, what did, I take it you've had that first master's for a while and you probably used it for what it is because an audio engineer yes. is definitely a specialty type engine, a uh, specialty type field and, while I won't say there aren't a lot, it's also a very male-dominated area, right? Like, so 
Um, that's it at, is at least male what dominated, I've seen. and it's also a much broader title than people realize. I do audio engineering. I don't like to do live sound very much. I like to do recordings and mixing and mastering and composition as an audio engineer. That's what I like to do. That's what I went into it for. So you would much rather do like say the like soundtrack portion of something or the album oh, portion. Oh, you bet. Like that. That's where you you really like your engineering happening. Yeah. So yeah. um. Makoni could probably explain this a heck of a lot better than me, but uh, you, you, you've already kind of like split it up. There's like live and then there's, you know, like post or not post, but even just uh, album recording yep. and whatnot. Is there any other parts to that that you uh, that so one, be considered categorized? Yes. Yeah, so one, there's live. Live sound is, is not just for like a show, like a um like a rock show but it could also be for like a broadway show for any theater production it's literally making sure everyone mics while you are doing well making sure that your sound is coming back out but not too loud or that it's all balanced and by balanced i mean you can hear everyone equally remember some people have louder voices than others some people are better than projecting at others some mics are used for better situations for some situations over others like if you're doing the live sound for like somebody presenting an award it won't be the same type of sound that you use for a rock concert so when you're a live engineer you have to take all of that into account one of my good friends from grad school actually had done live engineering for radiohead for a while yeah um, i i i um I've gotten to some concerts early, like really early, because that's the nerd I am. And I've watched them do sound check because it's just, it, it fascinates me. And also uh, helping out with um, theater and stuff, I got to watch, you know, while they were high school engineering, it was still, you know, some form of sound engineering. Um, they oh, still, still they still did it. And uh, I actually, so I've done a a not soundtrack i guess it was a soundtrack to a dance recital before and the audio engineer screwed it up and basically cost me some of or at least it felt this way because they stopped using me for their dance recital this was the second year i did it um for editing their music for the dance recital but mm -hmm. the audio engineer screwed up and like the live one and was playing music in like the different speakers but like on different levels so it sounded like it would fade to the left or fade to the right and i was just like what's going on here like this is not how it sounded when the tracks were like you know when i handed them over so i went back so and when... listened to the tracks and they were perfectly fine so that i i don't your audio engineer had essentially when you're saying fade to the left and say fade to the right, that means your audio engineer had panned the tracks in a way that you had not written them to be panned, and that was not um, written, um, and that wasn't something that you as the artist had given them permission to do. And quite frankly, while they were trying to use artistic licensing, unless they are spoken to beforehand to say, hey, you have artistic licensing to try to play with this a little bit, 
if you're doing live sound for somebody else and they have explicit instructions of what to do with their pre-recorded audio, don't mess with it. Leave it. Yeah, no, but he was, do- or I shouldn't say he, I don't know who was there. They were doing it in the middle of like the dance. Like, I don't know if they were like trying to correct like loudness or that was another thing. Volumes were going up and down. So I assume that they were trying to correct loudness in certain situations. But that at the same time, I was Danny. like, yeah, well, that was random. Like I said, it was a completely weird experience. And I got very flustered after that because I was like, I'm, I, I don't even know, like, words can't even. Per- uh, like describe what I was like feeling at the time. Um, sorry, continue with what you're saying. There's live, and then the other categories. Yeah, that's that <laughs> just sounds like <laughs> massive, massive issues from whoever did the live sound for that. Didn't know how to actually use their mixing board. Right. Yeah, it was. It, it was. Yeah. Stories. Don't pan unless you're told to pan. So, um, you were mentioning how when you wrote the music, it didn't, or when you mixed the music, it didn't sound like that. So, when you're writing music on your own and you're recording it, that could be like a studio recording. That is something that I personally love to do, or going out to do like fully recording, which is when you go out to make and record sound effects. That's actually a lot of fun, and I'm really jealous of professional Foley artists because they literally get paid so much money to sit there and mix together mac and cheese for like squishy heart sounds or step on the weirdest things or smash coconuts together for horses which is shown in monty python and the holy grail for example um but that's all done in a studio and when you're doing it in a studio not everything necessarily has to be superbly perfect it gives you the chance of more Art- artistry that you can reveal and you can also do more than one take okay and mix and match them okay part of this take was good part of this take wasn't so let's take this part of this take this part of that take and put it together and that's something that you can do after you do a studio recording is when you go into the production process you can mix and match it then you go into the post-production map process after everything is mixed and matched to go okay i want this type of reverb on it so you want this type of echo or you want this type of delay or this person didn't sound really in tune when they were singing over here okay let's auto-tune it now there's another problem people have relied so much on auto-tune if you auto-tune someone by a lot they start to sound like a robot and it doesn't sound like them anymore you the, really my, my want favorite to be thing. lenient with auto-tune, and that's something that I cannot stand, is so many artists just auto-tune to the point where they're being robotic. If it's meant to be for that effect for a little bit, okay, cool, fine. But the one person I will say that uses it for that effect is T-Pain. Like, I, yeah. I, hearing him, like, actually sing blew my mind the first time I heard him actually sing. It was insane. Sorry. Oh, yeah, there are artists who use... Um, who actually do use auto-tune way too much, and then you hear them sing live, and it's like, so you can sing. Actually, I had that same idea with Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Does she? Did she use auto-tune? I, I actually don't really listen to much of her music. Like I know like clips I and snippets of her music. I think she did when she was part of Disney, but I, I think like... she avoids it in her own music. I think I think that's like part of Disney's contract. You must use auto tune. 
for 0.5 of your sound. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be hilarious, but no, that's not part of Disney's contract. But um, like, if you listen to her singing as Hannah Montana versus listening to her singing as Miley Cyrus, like if you listen to a recording of her doing Wrecking Ball, it's mm-hmm. so different. I, I wonder I if they the did that too. Fan of her, I do respect her as an artist for having her values and her opinions. I, I wonder if she did that, um, or if they did that to distinguish between the two. You know, like. To distinguish that, hey, this is Hannah Montana, or to distinguish, hey, this is Miley Cyrus, like to give the different, I guess, personalities per se. Well, that's also partially why she sticks her tongue out all the time. She's admitted to that. She actually was asked that once in an interview, and she's like, Yeah, I stick my tongue out because I get nervous and it's the first thing I think of, so it just became my thing. I mean, it's everybody has their own unconventional thing. Ah? Yep. Ah? Ah, see what I did there? Um, <laughs> anyways, so is there any other part besides, you know, Foley, uh, album, and live to audio engineering? I, I say only, but it's obviously not that simple. Not everyone can audio engineer, and it takes a very skilled person to do it, live and not live. So then there's composition. Okay. That's what I like to do where I will pull some of stuff that I record into my programs, or I will sit there and I will create my own synthesizers and I will hook my and I will make my own sounds. I will make my own rhythms. I will make my own tunes. That is audio composition. I have taken the idea of taking classical composition and I've essentially applied a digital element to it. So, so you basically like the creation of the music and the sounds and how to get yes. them and where to get them from. So Yes. Some of some of what you've described kinda of sounds like they do have like overlap, but they, they take do. like two different like types of brains to in order to get like for compositions you probably would be decent at doing Foley or like Foley would be do being decent at composition, but at the same time, you know, if you've been doing one for so long, you probably don't know the whole ins and out ins and outs of uh, words are hard. Um, you probably like it's kind of like one of those things like I can do vectors and I can do graphic design, but I can't do illustrations very well. So it, well, I, I'm just curious if they have like similar like overlaps where like they can if you're doing like don't. a mixed media thing. Like if you want to take some of fully and put it into a composition like i wrote a beach composition a couple years ago and i had to get recordings of the beach so i would go out record the beach come back and put it in or like if i was a flute player which i am and i wanted to take some of my flute playing why use a digital flute when i have a flute when I'm good at flute when I can read my music and then I'll put that in on my own so it does have some type of overlap but you really have to have the different variations and understand where it can overlap and where it cannot overlap it's basically the overall title audio engineer 
what falls underneath audio engineering and then which part do you really want to go into. It's also important to note that part of the reason why I like the creative and the studio process so much is because I'm also a classically trained musician. I've been playing piano for 20 years now almost. I've been playing flute for over 20 years. I've been playing alto saxophone for 10 years. I've been playing clarinet for like five years. And I teach all these instruments too. We get it. You play. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's actually really impressive. I, I played flute for like a year in sixth grade and then said no more because while I enjoyed the whole band aspect, just wasn't really that into the flute, mainly because I don't know. It's I think it was partly. Instrument? No, I think it was partly peer pressure. I got I tired of people making I got tired of people making fun of me. And so I don't know if they really had first chair in sixth grade, but we did have tests and you did kind of like move towards the first chair. And what was funny was so about like halfway through the year I started half assing band, right? And yeah. by that I mean like I only really did what I needed to do for test and some concerts. Like even at concerts I just was I just felt overpowered that I just felt there was no point in me playing. Horrible mentality, but I I was in the sixth grade, okay. Um <laughs> anyways, I remember at one point I became like first chair after I had already stopped really caring, I guess. And it's just funny to me. I was like, how did I even make it to first chair? And I didn't like, I felt like I could, yeah, like, I don't know. It was very, it was a very interesting experience, but I will say I did enjoy playing the flute. Like it was pretty cool being able to play the flute and learning how to play um, wind instruments like the flute. And my mom had a piccolo. So I also tried to play a little bit of the piccolo at the same time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i said try so much harder i said try it's my favorite instrument but it's so much harder hers also needed tuned really badly um you mean to get checked over by like a woodwind yeah it was pretty it was older yeah um, then it probably needed pads replaced yeah it was pad i think she got ended up having to get Because I I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but, like, my mom, like, because I was doing something that was, like, kind of like what she played, she did high school band, um, and so she, like, got super excited that I was doing flute and whatnot in band inside of middle school, but, um, so, like, when I went and got uh, my flute, she went and got hers, like, uh, cleaned up and repaired and whatnot, and it was, it was kind of cool to see, but, um, I, I will never, I, I won't say I won't ever pick it back up. I just, I know anytime in the near future, I won't be playing because I don't remember any of it, but it was very fun. Um, what You're more than welcome to meet with me on Discord or Skype and I'll reteach it to you. That's not a problem. I don't even have one anymore. Um, honestly, I, I've been told to that playing piano is really good for playing video games, mainly because of dexterity with your fingers i have never put that together before i do both of those things i mean but you could kind of see where it comes from right like you, you move your oh, like, yeah. especially like pc gaming you, you move your fingers around and you know um but i was like 
ah, I should pick up on piano. And I, I always thought that I just couldn't play piano because, you know, my fingers are very short. My hands are not nope. very big. And yeah, then I got told that my friend who's like 5'4 or 5'3, five 5'2, five I don't know what she is. Anyway, she was like, yeah, I, I've been playing piano for a while. And I was like, you know what? Don't just just let me be right. This time. I mean, you know, it, I I actually applaud people who can play music and read music. That is one thing that annoyed me for some reason is reading music. I don't know why. Because when you're learning to read and play music, you're essentially learning language. And that's what annoys me with some of my students when they insist on learning by ear. And when you come to me, I really, really am have unless you're blind, I'm really heavily insistent on you learning how to read it. And the reason why I'm heavily insistent on you learning how to read it is because it opens a world of what you didn't know for possibilities. And yeah, I make looking reading music really easy. I've been reading music since I could walk and talk. I learned it. Like, somebody grows up learning two languages. Was I lucky in that aspect? Yeah, I guess I was. But it's not the easiest thing to learn, and you really have to put the effort into it. And some people don't want to put that effort in because they don't realize, oh, we can't just learn all about this instrument. We also have to learn all about reading the music. You want to play by ear, that's one thing, but even when you want to play by ear, there's only so much that you can get from learning to play by ear on its own. I've had students who came to me going, I want to play, learn to play by ear, I want to learn how to copy you, and then because I make something look so easy, that they then come back to me about a year later, a year, in, I had one student in specific do this, where they came back to me about three months after they started with me, where they were copying me, and they said, I want to learn how to read it. So, um, I don't, I can't tell this full story. So my cousin, um, he plays, uh, piano and a few other instruments, but he's really, he was really good at it growing up. Like, and he learned most of it, you know, just by playing it. Like he, he created music together just by playing it. He, he did, you know, he wrote it by playing it. He didn't really like know how to write it. Oh, I um, did that at first. Yeah, Sometimes I still do that, and then I write it. He recently, uh, I don't know how recently, I actually want to get him on the podcast when I have a chance, um, wrote it, or started learning how to read music. And, you know, I'm probably blowing this way out of perspective because he probably learned how to do it, like, really recently, or not really recently, but a while ago. It just feels recently, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But it, it's amazing to watch someone who's been, you know, playing an instrument all their life just watching them play it, it literally is watching someone like speak a different language like not watching me speak a language because i can hardly speak english as it is words are just hard for me um but it's, it's just like it it flows so fluently out of their hands or out of like just their motions and it just looks so peaceful and natural when it comes from someone who's been doing it for so long and even when we make it look natural, it's not like we never practice it. Like, a bunch of the easy stuff, or a bunch of stuff that beginners are looking at, yeah, I'm going to sit there and be like, eh, it's really easy. 
a bunch of the intermediate stuff. Oh, this is pretty easy or oh, this is a little tricky but not too hard. When you get to the professional level stuff, no, even I have to sit down and practice that, man. I I I applaud you because that is something I definitely am not good at and it would take me a while to even learn and to even be patient enough to learn. I my rhythm has been so off recently like uh it just keeps getting worse and I need to start playing like some type of rhythm game to like get me back into just any form of rhythm because I can help. <laughs> disclaimer not disclaimer I can help. Um but I uh I once had I recently I just had someone get really frustrated at me because I couldn't even dance. Like they were trying to teach me and I just like kept on getting off balance and I was like you're going to have to be patient like dancing has never been my thing. And I know it's kind of two different things what we're talking about here but they both go with rhythm. And <laughs> yeah, it, they do. They really it's, do. It's like one of those things that's like yeah, you just follow the rhythm and I'm like uh huh, and what you realize rhythm? that, yeah, I go and you realize that I generally go off beat on everything. So, <laughs> so you can't just say, "Oh, you follow the rhythm," because not everyone finds it very easy to follow the rhythm. Like yeah. I will sit there and start counting. Like if you're dancing a waltz, I'm not sure if you've ever seen The King and I, but the king no. could not dance. The Wait, king could not dance. And the person he had hired to teach his children for schooling, he wanted to learn how to dance. And he was having a bunch of international people come. And the teacher started teaching him how to dance. And the way she did it was she started to show him where his feet went and put counts with it. Where you go, one, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two. And that count is very typical for a lot of dances, especially waltzes. Like, um, if you listen to the Nutcracker, not the dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy, but there are some other dances in there where you're Wait, there's a, there's other songs in there besides the Sugar Plum Fairy? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, it is one of my favorite ballets of all time. It is I think I've I think I've ballet. seen it like twice and really the only thing i really remember is the sugar plum fairy um i know there's other things in there i was just kidding by the way uh <laughs> my favorite is the chinese dance is that really what it's called yes what what the da what? each dance for each country is like the chinese dance the russian chew pack the arabian dance which is the dance for coffee the chinese dance is also known as the but that's the the official title is the Chinese tea dance, the Arabian coffee dance, the Chinese chupac dance, and that I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, is they have candy canes. Um, I think. Yeah. Um, I think. Is it supposed to represent different sweets and different delicacies from different countries? I think I have Thank an you, issue. I think I have a, a um. I think I'm slightly addicted to coffee because as soon as you said coffee, I just went mmm coffee, and I was like, it is ten o'clock at night. I do not be need any coffee. Ten. It's almost eleven, man. Two different time zones here. Come on. <laughs> True. Um. So, I, I'm curious. So, um, we've talked about this slightly before, but. When you're at home 
or even just around. Do you have a hard time listening to music on regular headphones being an audio engineer? No. Um, well, it depends on what you mean by regular headphones. If you mean regular like, by mean the five the five dollar like J V C earbuds no, no, or no, even no, the ones no. that go on your ear. I have to buy the ones from Sony or something around that level where it's at least thirty dollars. Um because the really, really cheap ones I cannot stand. Um I what also, what is it what is it that you look for in a pair of like I'm not saying like high end quality I'm saying probably like you know let let's go with the average let's go from thirty to a hundred even though that is kind of broad let's go from thirty to a hundred because that's what most people probably are going to buy in yeah you want to like that's where Skull Candy comes in because Skull Candy was the master of that when I was a teenager. Where Skull Candy had pretty decent sounding headphones for what it was. It gave you all of your highs, all of your mediums, all of your lows. It had a really good balance and it had a really good noise cancellation. And it lasted. Like the wires wouldn't fray very easily and you could very clearly hear everything what you need to hear. And I was listening to those like right when they had the original iPods. Yeah. I think almost everybody had Skull Candies because that's what they were like pretty cheap um, yep. at the time because they were kind of just starting. But they they entered the market. And when I saw some of their newer products recently, I was like, wow, they've stepped up their game. <laughs> they, they have some really nice hire and especially for DJ equipment product now. Um, I normally now go to Sony. Um, I recently bought myself a pair of AirPod 2s because I don't like the in the uh, cabled i iPhone um, headphones because they always yes. fall out of my ears. They annoy the hell out of me. <laughs> but I eventually am going to also get myself a pair of over ear headphones along with the AirPods. I just couldn't afford it all at once, and the reason for that is because I want what something that I can walk around with on a daily basis or if I'm at work and I have some downtime, I can put it in and drown out the outside noises to focus on my own thing versus if I'm going on like a long-term flight, then I'm going to get something else. But the so, AirPods, I think, are better for what I need right now. What what um What should people listen for to when they buy like in earbuds like what are what exactly are they listening for are they are they listening are i guess i mean everybody has their own personal preference right but like right. to get the truest sound quality like the closest to i don't want to say flat but you know like how sure, how neutral should use they different go different types of songs don't just use one song Use different types of songs because you want to be able to, let's say you're listening to a dance remix. You're going to want to hear the bass. Let's say you're listening to a jazz song. You want to be able to hear the middles. If you're listening to a piece of classical music, you're going to want to hear the lows and the highs. And you also want to be able to hear the full range of volume. Because remember, classical music can go from really freaking soft to really freaking loud. So you want to be able to have a set of headphones where you can really balance and hear all of that. If you're listening to modern music, you really want to be able to sure know that like your bass and your drums, essentially your rhythm section, is not going to go over somebody singing. Very well put. 
Um, I, uh, I, I'm actually curious what over the, uh, over ear headphones are you thinking about getting? Um, I was leaning towards either Sony or. So you don't have an issue with Bose because there are some people that just straight out hate Bose and I don't know why. There are some people that straight out hate Bose. I do not straight out hate Bose. I actually own a Bose soundbar. It sometimes annoys me when it randomly decides to flip for no reason, except for I guess <laughs> the cable is going weird. But yeah, no, Bose actually does have a really good sound and really good control, but you have to understand how to use it to your advantage and not to your disadvantage. When I tried the Bose headphones on, um, when I wear headphones, part of it for me is I want comfort. Like, even though I have a Bose soundbar, my studio monitor headphones for when I'm mixing and mastering music are actually shorts. They have a wider cushioning, and they go over my ear, and the over-ear part isn't even leather. It's like velour padding. The headphones and microphone that I'm using right now is actually my Razer gaming headset. My studio monitors for when I'm listening to music on a regular basis from my desktop are JBLs. So it really depends on what I'm going for. So if I'm getting headphones that I'm going to wear for travel or over ear, I really want to make sure that I'm not hearing anything coming in. <laughs> so I, I take it you've been probably looking at like the what is it bose noise cancel fours or whatever they are and then the, the 345s yeah and then like the sony wh equivalent yeah whatever got sony's name for their headphones they would have been better putting just like one letter because that name that they have for their headphones is probably the most annoying name i own the second generation no the first no the second generation and it's probably the most annoying name to go. I'm like, yeah, I have the Sony WH M2s, something like that. No, that that's <laughs> all companies with their higher end headphones. Like the Bose are Bose noise cancelers 345s. Number. Okay, tells you what it does. Even though it doesn't necessarily make sense to the consumer, it yeah. makes sense to the producer to help them know what generation they're on yeah and that well that's like what i noticed with the sony's it's like they put like a i think the first ones was like 1000s and the second one's 2000s and so on and so forth um yep. and i actually what's funny is so when i first got these headphones i thought they were probably one of the most comfortable headphones i've ever gotten and i think i spoiled myself by getting my uh sennheiser's for the sennheiser uh, what is it 6xx from mass drop because they're just like so much nicer to wear for long periods of times so they don't heat up my ears as much and the only issue is is like i can't get that same quality out of my sony's and i know why like first of all they have leather to keep out more sound they also are closed back they also you know they have a tighter seal everything's meant for noise cancellation in isolation so it it just it's like do you want to be able to hear the crying baby in the back or do you want you know some of the most comfortable headphones to wear and i'm perfectly okay with not hearing the cry crying baby in the back and that's why i deal with my sony's <laughs> um but you have but that's the whole problem and that's the issue i have because when i wear them for a it clamps my oh. ears and it hurts because it for me it will trigger a migraine and that's what my audio technicists uh, were doing 
Yeah, see, I don't get migraines based off of like, you know, pressure and whatnot. So that that's a good thing. Of course, I don't think I've ever had like an actual migraine. I've had headaches and, you know, like caffeine withdrawal headaches, but never a full migraine. Oh, no, I tend to get full-blown migraines with and it sucks. Sorry, what was that? I think Discord uh, dropped a couple packets. <laughs> I tend to get various migraines from various triggers and it sucks. I can get ones from food. I can get ones from water. I can get ones from something pressing on my head. Um, if I have a migraine already and you tell me to put earplugs in my ears and it's something from pressure, that's not going to help. Because if I'm like, if I have a migraine and I'm feeling vibrations, it will like, mm -mm. No. it will make me want to throw up. That's not good at all. Um, nope. Yeah, I think I think that's probably like the biggest issue I have with most headphones is like how they clamp. I have pretty like big ear lobes, not ear lobes, just like an ear in general. Like they're pretty long, I guess. I don't know how to explain it. Um, so a lot of like over ear headphones that you could get from like anywhere. I guess Best Buy has kind of stepped up their game. If you go, they actually have like Audio Technicas and Sennheisers and a lot more now. Oh, they have the bows at mine. I tried them on. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean they've they've really stepped up their uh They have. It's it's really their nice headphone section, their audio section for that. I think they realize that even though people are moving away from CDs, uh they they definitely are looking more towards better uh headphones and audio equipment which is kind of funny because we could get into a whole thing about you know like bluetooth and like all the different codecs and stuff like that and the compression ratios and how they affect the quality of music that you're getting so bluetooth and is why never people like listening to records even though my dad got rid of all of his i honestly Aww. don't collect records even though they sound really much nicer this is true so no space for it i I th I agree that they sound nicer, but I think it's actually not really... I don't think it's the clarity. Like, they are clear, don't get me wrong. I think it's the the hum, the slight hum that is fed by the... Um, what is it called? The little thing that actually plays the music or gets the music and plays it back. Um, yeah, it's diode. from the turntable. Yeah, and I, I, I think that hum is actually what makes people like records more. Because if you listen to a clean version, like a clean like studio version of an audio, it sounds amazing and fantastic over headphones, you know, it could over uh, reference speakers or whatever. But as soon as you put it on like vinyl and you just hear that like that that hum or that tiss, it just like it adds like an extra feeling to it, and I think that really brings out something even to people who never like grew up with it. It really does. There's also like when you listen to a CD and that's the whole thing. Every single time it's compressed, like in, if you're listening to an MP3, the song is super compressed. Okay, so how do you then get something that's super compressed to sound decent again? The answer is the better quality headphones. And as more people are realizing that, that's why people are investing in the better quality headphones. Because let's face it, we all have MP3 players of some sort. They're on our phones. They could be on your iPhone. Or they streaming could be on your MP3. Android phone. Actually, it was a surprise to me to find out that a lot of like streaming services don't actually use MP3s. They use... Um... I, I want to say it was some M4 file. I don't think it was MP4, M4Ps or whatever. But I, I, 
I sorry. Yeah, off topic. It's better quality. Yeah, it was just like a better quality. And I was surprised to see them actually use it instead of MP3s. Um, quality um, thing, but I, they take also take up yeah. more space. Yes, I've uh, experienced that. So, if you guys have like Spotify and stuff, I want you guys to do a test. So, take Spotify, put it on like you don't have to put it on low, but this is where you're going to notice the giant difference because this happened to me the other day where i was listening to music and my connection went to crap and then it dropped the quality of the music down to low and i was like what the heck is this so i had to like close everything and reopen it and put it back in high and to force it to always go into high um put spotify quality into low for a little bit and then bring it up to high and you will like blow your mind on like the quality difference, just so you understand like the difference in the compression ratios that they use. Oh, they J- should be doing that with any streaming service that they have, whether it's on Netflix, Amazon Music, Google, Google oh, yeah. Play. Even if you're literally playing a game on Steam, dude. Yeah. So uh, another comparison is also take a 4K movie from like Google. And then, like, go, like, from Google Play Music or Movies or, like, some other streaming service that's 4K. And then bring it over and, like, rent it on Vudu as well. Uh, the reason why I bring up Vudu is because Vudu is probably one of the ones I've seen have the best uh, playback for streaming yeah. 4K. But the quality of a difference, you won't notice it, but start looking at it and then just look. And you'll start noticing a lot of the grain that you see in, like, uh, Google at least it was at the time when I did this, is not there in Voodoo. And Voodoo actually has a, like a much crisper stream and a much smoother like experience altogether. It's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, like that's why I like the TV I have, even though it's not a 4K TV, because a bunch of these TVs that I looked at the time were actually grainier than what I got, and what I got is like crystal clear. It's really nice. So I'm curious because, you know, you've mentioned this TV several times. What brand it's an is LG. this? Okay, um, how old? It's an is it? LG, and it was a Best Buy uh, Black Friday sale. So there's, I, I've always had this issue between LG and Samsung. I keep going yep. back and forth between them, right? And yep. I currently have a Vizio, but that's only because I wanted a 4K TV that had a really fast response time for playing video games, and that's the reason and why for I got. For the record, Vizio, if my memory serves me correctly, is still Sony. Yes, but no. I found out. So they still do pro. They do like their own like processing and stuff differently than Sony, but they are basically just Sony's. Um, it it's a Sony sub company. Yeah. So when I got my Vizio, there was a Sony line out, but it was my Vizio was a thousand dollars cheaper, so it was way better to <laughs> go with the Vizio. Um, yeah. But for picture quality, I always recommend Samsung or LG. Um, if you look at them side by side, it's really, it's getting really hard to tell, like who has the better picture. And I've always, when it went to LCD, I always picked Sony or not Sony, Samsung. And when it came to LED, I always picked LG because I don't know, LG's, uh, LED panels are amazing. Samsung LCD panels are freaking fantastic if you guys have never seen one but and that's you just really have to look at them side by side and that's why when you're buying a tv 
one online, go into store and look. Like, do your research online and then go into a store and then decide if it's cheaper to get it in the store or get it off. Personally, that's something I would prefer to buy in the store because I don't have to worry about shipping. And I have a car that can fit it, but that's besides the point. Um, I'm just impatient. I, if I'm buying something that expensive, I just want it now. <laughs> I want it. Um, yeah. When I bought my TV, my dad had come with me, and that was partially because he was literally buying my old Samsung off of me. And when I compared, and that was one of the things I realized, the Samsungs, when it came to the smaller Samsungs LEDs, they had a much better quality and much better mm -hmm. clearer picture. Once you start going up to like the 42, 49 range, the LG quality got better and the Samsung quality got worse. And that and was that's... very weird to me. You can actually see that in effect on their phones. If you actually go to Samsung's phones, they're amazing OLED, um, AMOLED, sorry, AMOLED displays, which are just another form of LEDs. But on their TVs and like comparatively, I would choose LG almost every time. And I, it, it's hard to like that, that battle between the two. It's just been, that's the way it's been for probably almost 10 years now for TVs. It's a I, very close battle. If you're going for a smaller one, I would say to go with a Samsung. If you're going with a larger one, lean towards LG or Sony. If you're going for a faster response rate, go for Sony because most of them have the faster response rates. That's what I've learned. <laughs> Disclaimer, we are not sponsored by any of these companies. This is our personal if any, opinion. If any company would like to sponsor us, you can uh, find the links down below. <laughs> I have no shame. I mean, no shame. Yeah, but I figured we should put the disclaimer in anyway. Um, Maybe they'll listen to it and laugh and then try to sponsor you. It would be cool. Like, I got, I, I am an iPhone user. I've been an avid iPhone user since iPhone 4. I upgraded my phone from an iPhone 6S to an iPhone XR. Not only is the size much bigger, and that took some getting used to, and the facial recognition that's took some said. getting used to, the quality of the appearance of my screen is huge. Yes. Um, and I have like one of the older iPad minis. I think I have the first generation. I've had it since I was 25. Mm -hmm. And just seeing the quality difference between that type, the old LED versus the OLED. OLED is gorgeous. Yes. Very much so. Um, sorry, the one thing I was actually curious: Are you looking at upgrading your new your iPad anytime soon? Yes. Um, if you're not gonna go with the Pro, don't get the new iPad Air or iPad Mini. Just go with the like, old like the 2017 version or 2018 version of the iPad Pro, the one that has the home button. The original still. one. Yeah, because. They're way better still than <laughs> the the new ones that they just released, and it's kind of funny. Like I was like, why did when I saw that they like released them? Obviously, they didn't announce them, and for obvious reasons, because it doesn't make sense why they even released them besides to get try to get more money. The iPad Pros are perfectly them for the people who can't afford the heavier ones. Like my boyfriend is looking into getting one of the new. To getting it for playing certain apps 
and he would rather get the newer one because of the lower value. Yeah. And honestly, it's a much better value. You're getting a lot better performance out of the older iPad Pro than you are the newer iPad Air and iPad Mini. But I don't if you're even gonna... understand the point of having an iPad Air. Just get an iPad, an iPad Pro, or a Mini. What What's the point of an Air? Yes. Well, that. But the, even the Mini, like I see the 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 appeal of having a Mini. I get it. But I have a Mini. That's what I. Mine is. I just. I'm just annoyed at the fact that they didn't even give it like the pencil too. Like, do you know how stupid it is to charge the Apple Pencil at the bottom of your tablet? I I don't know. I sorry, it frustrates me. Like why? Why am I going to put this in here and then I will forget about it probably, throw it on my bed and then it snaps or something right off into the port. Like or you know, cats will go running off with it. Yeah, like right. I don't know. I feel like they they were like, "Oh, we have all these extra pencils and all these extra parts from the older devices. We need to get rid of them." So then they were like, I know. I don't know. I, I respect Apple for what they've built, but their product choices have not impressed me over the past few years, besides like this new iPad Pro that I just got. Um, I found it to be one of the best options. I, I, it took me forever. I had been debating about it for almost a year or however long it's been out. Like I, I literally looked at it when it first came out and was like, that's ridiculously priced. And then I was like, but I could finally draw underneath my pencil and take it with me everywhere. And if you want yeah. something that you can draw and take with you everywhere, it's probably one of the best things. There's Versus no other tablet. I use it more for mobile internet and reading. Yeah. So like there, I would recommend like an iPad or just a mini, another mini. But <laughs> yeah, that. So this is a little bit off topic as we've gotten way off topic and we're just talking about technology. Um, speaking of that, did you know that Apple considers the USB Type-C port to be considered a pro? So all of you Apple users that are worried about the iPhone, the newest iPhone having a Type-C with the, the recent releases of the AirPod 2s having Lightning and the Air, uh, iPad Air and iPad Mini having Lightning, you probably don't have to worry about Type-C for another year. Yep. So yay, y'all Apple users. I say y'all Apple um, users because I have two products and I don't really consider myself an Apple user. I am an Apple user and I'm a PC user. It really depends on what I'm doing. Because um, I use Apple for all of my audio. For, like, remember how I said I do Foley stuff? Mm -hmm. I don't have the money for a lot of equipment, and I don't have the space for a lot of equipment. One thing I have always, always loved on Apple products is their internal microphone is fantastic for capturing the sounds you want. Yes, but it will also pick up background noise as well. Yes. But but if you're in an, like an open area and you need that type of open background noise, or if you're in an enclosed space and you're recording something, their it's microphones great. are spectacular. I will give them that. Um, the only issue is, is is on the older MacBook Pros when those fans kick in, the the uh, microphones pick them up sometimes. That's never happened to me, and my MacBook is 
It happens to me all the time. But th that's my, also my on Skype MacBook and not. Pro is like six years old now, maybe? Mine's from mid-2015. Uh, I don't want to do math, but five years, roughly. Almost five years. So there, ours are about the same age, I believe. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, so do you have any advice to the people that want to get into um, audio engineering or into any type of audio space? Don't buy everything all at once. Pick and choose a part to start. You don't have to start with dropping three or four hundred dollars on Logic. You don't have to start with dropping money on Cubase. You don't have to start with dropping money on um. Why can't I think on Pro Softness. Tools? You don't have to drop them that hundreds of dollars on a digital audio workstation. You can get something like fruity loops you can get something like adobe audition you could get something audacity you could even get a light version that's free or like a lower cost version i know apple has GarageBand. literally GarageBand is logic light i can tell you that for a fact apple is GarageBand light um there are lots of other softwares that have like a light version or a free version where you can try out certain things um a lot of digital audio workstations, or as we like to call them, DAWs, will offer that to you or a trial period so you can test them out. Don't do so it all at once. Is there... I highly doubt it because, so, like, you know how there's, like, shadow PCs and stuff? Are there um, remote computers that, like, have, like, different stuff on them that you could, like, rent for a monthly fee or something like that? Kind of like there is for like gaming and stuff. That varies from company to company. Hmm. So, what like, piece you of know equipment? How Photoshop now even has like a subscription fee instead of like paying a hundreds yeah. of dollars upfront cost. I believe I'm not quite sure because it's been a while since I've updated it, but I do believe that um, Pro Tools might be doing something like that. Or what Apple, a... it might even do something like that with Logic. What What's your current choice of software that you currently use? Logic. Oh, yeah, you're an Apple user. I prefer using Logic because I've just been using it for so long. If you put Pro Tools or Cubase in front of me, I'm pretty decent at it. I have used both of them before. I own Pro Tools. I do not own Cubase. I worked with it for an internship a while back, and it was pretty easy for me to pick up because of my knowledge of Pro Tools and Logic. Um, the one DAW that I personally do not like to use because to me it just seems so different with how you set up your inputs and outputs is Ableton. If I Ableton, I would literally have to sit there and learn it from scratch again. So Ableton confuses the hell out of me. <laughs> There's always that one software that confuses the hell out of people in certain industries. Yeah. Always. Always. Um I what one piece of equipment or hardware or software do you recommend that someone get first? Make sure you have a good audio card. Make sure you have space on your computer. 
and get yourself a decent pair of studio monitor headphones. Would you recommend headphones before like a reference speaker setup? Yes, because reference speaker setups tend to be more expensive and take up a whole lot more space. Because good reference speakers are at least five inches tall. This is true. The reference speakers I want are Focal. Mine are JBLs, and they were a gift. I I'll stick with my uh, Clips Audio for right now. I also listen to them on an everyday basis for regular music as well. <laughs> hey, you know, a lot of people... Like, they're like, oh, they're just reference speakers. I'm like, reference speakers are like, while they're supposed to be like the most neutral sound or whatever, I think have some of the best sound that you can get. They do, which is why I also like using my JBLs as my everyday speakers. But I also live in an apartment and I don't like to disturb my neighbors because I live on the fourth floor. So. It's called lowering your audio. I also. When I Sorry, you cut out like twice. While you're trying to speak. <laughs> I live Darn you, in Discord. an apartment as well. I live on the 6th floor. The trick is to not play it really loud. Or, and if you're planning on being it really loud, do it during the day when nobody's home. Not 1 o'clock in the morning when I'm trying to edit everything? Yeah. Darn. Um, That's when you want to use your studio monitor headphones. <laughs> so, let's... uh. A tradition that we have around here before we end every episode is that we always I always get a question from the person I'm interviewing of a question to the audience. So do you have a question to everybody that is listening? And uh, yeah, let's hear the question. Oof. It could be for There's me as well. Catch me and I'll off guard. Yeah, that's why I like to ask it, because even if people listen to it, they generally forget about the question by the time we're done with the interview or the talking. Um, first and foremost, if they have any more interview or audio questions or music questions in general, they are more than ask you. Um, if they're Sorry, what was that? Discord broke up again. <laughs> Discord. Um, <laughs> if anyone has further questions about audio engineering, or like composition or classical music base like we could do another di a whole other discussion on classical music in all honesty <laughs> i that would have just be as much of a background in that um my question to them would they want me to like in a further discussion want me to come back and like talk about the audio and video games because today we talked about audio in general but like i could go into a very clear discussion of audio in super mario brothers versus legend of zelda versus final fantasy versus I, call I, of duty versus halo i think i would like to do that so yes we're definitely gonna have to do that we're gonna have to schedule some time to do that okay and i also want to say thank you for coming on also if you guys want to answer her question um, you can answer on any of my social media for Unconventional Geek or even my personal Twitter. Links will be in the description of the podcast, or if you already follow us somewhere, most likely you already follow us everywhere. Hopefully, at least. Um, I, I want to say thank you for coming on to the podcast on such short notice. You are a true lightsaber, and hopefully this will go out tomorrow. Um, probably later in the day because I still have to caption, not caption, just create the description and everything. Um, My pleasure. 
But like always, guys, thank you guys for listening. And remember that this episode was brought to you by But Why Though Community, a podcast community. Actually, they're just a geek community. Um, They're pretty cool. They uh, support a whole bunch of other different podcasts. And if you guys want to listen to some other podcasts, go listen to them. Or go to their website. It's But Why Though PC. But it's But Why Though Podcast.com. I'm horrible with URLs. <laughs>